Hello world, welcome to Young's Uplifting Expressions with yours truly, Darlene. Inspiring, encouraging, motivating. That is who I am and that is what I do. So, to you, I say, get up, get moving, and live. It is time for you to live your life. You know, I tell you every week that we have great guests and have a great show. And I also say that because it's the truth. All of our guests are great, and so are you. If you have missed any of our shows, remember you can go to e-linetv.com. And our podcast platforms are iHeartRadio, uh, iHeartRadio, Apple, and Spotify. Also, I would love to hear from you. I enjoy reading your responses to the show. So go to my webpage at yuexpressions.com. Each week, you know, I give an inspirational note. And today's word for the inspirational note is overcomer. What is an overcomer? An overcomer can conquer something. An overcomer can overtake something. An overcomer is a person who can prevail over something. Whatever it is, is something you got to reach beyond where you are now in order to accomplish your goal, your mission, your purpose, your assignment. Moving beyond and above the place where you are right now. The scripture that I want you to hear today is from Revelations, the 26th chapter, that says the one who conquers. Remember, I said an overcomer is one who conquers and who keeps my works until the end. This is Jesus talking to that person. Jesus is saying, I will give him authority over the nations, meaning there's something in you if you continue to persevere that you are going to be able to birth forth. Keep that in mind. You are an overcomer, but you got to keep pressing and moving forward. Each week, I give you a trivia question. And today's trivia question is, who was Hattie McDaniel. A, was she the first African-American to win an Oscar in 1940? Did she, B, she played Mammy as the house servant of Scarlett O'Hara and Gone with the Wind? C, she was an actress, radio performer, or D, all of the above? Now, you know that answer is not coming until the African Connection segment. It is time for a commercial. I'll be right back. 
after the commercial break. Hey, my beautiful butterflies. I know y'all been wondering, where's Chrissy Collins and Coffee with Chrissy? Well, guess what? We are back and we're stronger than ever on E-Line TV. That's right, E-LineTV.com. Y'all, I'm so excited because on this streaming network, we're gonna be doing so much. And with Coffee with Chrissy and you, the sky's the limit. So make sure you go and subscribe to e-linetv.com. It's free right now, but the prices are going to go up. So we want you to come on and jump on board right now. I can't wait. Y'all meet me there and make sure you have your cup of coffee ready. This is our segment for storytelling. And today I want to share a story about the our one of our ancestors whose name is Maya Angelou. And the story that I will be reading comes from the Britannica.com. In her story, the story begins in 1931 as Maya at the age of three and her elder brother Bailey are sent to Stamps, Arkansas to live with their paternal grandmother whom they call Mama after their parents break up. Mama owns the only store in the African part of town the children settle into life with Mama, helping her at the store and learning to read and do arithmetic. One night, a former sheriff warns Mama to hide her disabled son because white men are, plan are planning revenge after a black man messed with a white woman. Later, a group of young white girls ridicules Mama while she stands dignified and unmoving outside the store. When the Great Depression hits, Mama keeps the store from going under by allowing customers to trade their rations for good. One Christmas, Maya and Bailey receives gifts from their parents, whom they assumed to be dead. A year later, their father, Daddy Bailey, arrives in a fancy car and he takes Maya and Bailey to St. Louis to live with their mother, the beautiful Vivian. Before I go farther in the story, I want to share this with you. We all have beginnings in life. Some are pleasant, some are not. There are always obstacles there. Here you hear this story about Maya Angelou and her brother. She, they experienced discrimination. And here this young white girl disrespects this older woman because of race. But the beauty of it in the story, this mother, she stood strong and she's held her head up with dignity. So if people are ridiculing you, then that means you don't hold your head down. You stand true to who you are because they're not making you look bad. It's their insecurity who's trying to tear you down. So continuing with the story, at first, after they moved Maya and her brother Bailey, they stayed with Vivian's mother and their uncles. At school, Maya and her brother are more advanced than the other students, and they have moved up a grade. Later, the children moved with Vivian and her boyfriend, Mr. Freeman. Mr. Freeman begins molesting eight-year-old Maya, threatening to kill Bailey if she tells anyone. One day he rapes her and she conceals her stained underwear under the mattress. When changing the linens, Bailey and Vivian find the garment and realize what happened. 
During Mr. Freeman's trial, Maya lies when asked whether he touched her before the rape. Later, Mr. Freeman is found dead, apparently having been beaten to death. Feeling guilty, Maya stops speaking to anyone except Bailey. After a few months of her silence, Maya and Bailey are sent back to Mama. Again, here this young girl is, she and her brother, they leave Arkansas, and then they are sent to um, live with more relatives. Here this child, she experiences trauma. She experiences guilt even though she was the one who had been victimized. What I'm saying to you in life, you don't know somebody else's story and where they, what they had to go through to get to where they are right now. I share these stories with you for you not to give up, to know that you are an overcomer, to know that you can press beyond whatever it is that has taken place in your life. Why it happened, we can't focus on the why, but we can focus on how we can make it through and become what we are supposed to be in this life. Maya is relieved to go back to Stamps, to Stamps, and that's Arkansas, but she continues her silence. So this shut her down. And eventually the sophisticated Mr. Birth, Mrs. Bertha Flowers, she takes on Maya under her wings telling her that it is important to speak and giving her books to read aloud. And she begins talking again. At the age of 10, Maya is sent to work for a white woman who calls her Mary rather than the name Marguerite. Offended, Maya breaks some china to get it fixed. And so that she could break some china not to get it fixed. She broke the china because she wanted to get fired. Later, Bailey is upset when he sees a movie starring Kay Francis because he thinks, thinks the actress looks like Vivian, and he makes an unsuccessful attempt to return to his mother. Maya later meets her first friend, but also in this story, she, Maya teeth, she needed to go to the dentist. The dentist was white. The dentist would not fix her teeth, but in the first paragraph that I read, during this Great Depression, this dentist who had to borrow money, which was a white dentist from her Black grandmother that this young white girl disrespected, they had to, it would not fix Maya's teeth. So sometimes the people you help will forget or don't care for whatever their reasons may be. They don't have to be of the opposite race, but sometimes it could be somebody that's close to you. But you keep pressing and you keep moving forward. So what I want to share, this is just a brief synopsis of Maya Angelou. In that poem that she read, that she wrote about why the cage birds sing, it's because of the fact that what she went through living with relatives and the, and the rape that she went through and the person got was murdered because of what they had done, she felt responsible for their life, even though they didn't feel responsible for hers. But in the midst of this, there was someone out there helping her, telling, encouraging her and coaching her and saying, hey, you read. But she kept learning and she kept moving forward. So what, whomever is in your world and you know uh, be sensitive because you don't know what they've been through in life so press encourage see their talent 
and do something to help them that you that is going help means giving constructive help something that can help them keep moving forward this great woman i'm talking about is one of my favorite is my favorite poet and that is Maya Angelou, and she made great successes in life. She was a cast member of the opera uh, Porgy and Bess. She worked as an editor and a freelance writer in various African journals. Maya Angelou contributed to the civil rights movement as a fundraiser and an organizer. Her autobiography, Caged Bird, is considered an influential book. And an influential book in her genre. And also, she was the first female poet to cite a poem at the U.S. presidential inauguration. She was the first Black woman to write a screenplay of a major film. They had, what I want you to see is that she had many successes, but prior to those successes, she had some challenges and she encountered some difficulties. So back to that word overcomer is to reach beyond where you are now, is to overtake meaning, hey, you got this. You can come out of something that seems to have you mentally depressed or whatever. Step out of it and move past over it. You can conquer the fear. You can conquer whatever it is that you're facing and be able to move forward in it. Now, that's the end of today's story. We are getting ready to hear from my dear friend. I call him my younger brother. He is a great inspiration in my life. And he's going to talk with his name is Reggie Epps. He's very humble. He told me I don't have to call him pastor. So I'm going to call him Reggie. He's going to be back to impart some wisdom. And his story is going to bless you. We'll be back to hear from Reggie Epps after the break. about to have our interview with Reggie Epps. Um, he is our special guest. He is our great guest for today. He is a pastor at Emmanuel BC in Pace, Florida, a standing member of Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity Incorporated, and a teacher among a whole lot of other notches under his belt. It is my pleasure to have Pastor Reginald S. Epps with us today. Please, Reggie, introduce yourself to our viewers. 
Well, thank you. Thank you, uh, Darlene. I really do appreciate it. Uh, it means a lot to me. Uh, I'm going to keep this thing really PG because, uh, you know, we do have intense uh, conversations, so I, I won't embarrass you too much. If I do, please pray for me, and I apologize in advance. Uh, Reggie Epps is my name, uh, born and raised in Dallas, Texas. Uh, that's 75215 is the zip code. Uh, 2468 is the postal code if you guys want to write me a letter. Uh, we are from there, uh, born and raised there, uh, grew up in a predominantly black uh, neighborhood in Dallas, South Dallas to be exact, uh, where the sun always shines, even at night, in the, in the sunny South side, if you will. Um, so we, we are from there, we, including my wife, uh, Chevis, uh, we've been married uh, 22 years, we've been together 25 years. Uh, we have three beautiful children, two grandchildren as well, um, and the baby, which is uh, pretty much Queen B herself, Miss Amanda. Uh, she's nine, and she's here with us here in Florida. And so we're from there. Um, that's what we call home. Uh, our home church there, Mount Coleman Missionary Baptist Church, under the leadership of uh, Dr. Kenneth Wayne King, uh, my home pastor there in Dallas, uh, marvelous Mount Coleman Missionary Baptist Church. Uh, where everybody will experience the joy of the Lord. Uh, likewise, I've uh, been in active duty Navy, the military, for 22 years as well. Wow. Uh, we will depart here in Florida um, in a few months, headed back to Japan uh, for one last time, one last step, and then we will ultimately retire in Dallas if the Lord says the same. Um, so we've, we've been around the world a few times. We've seen a lot of things as well, experience a lot of different people, different cultures, and we have really grown to appreciate three things. One, being saved, being children of the most high God. Number two, uh, being black, amen. We, we, are, we are proud, proud to be black. And then three, we just come to grow in love of God's people wherever uh, we go. Uh, one thing that when people know me, get to know me and experience us as a family, uh, we are honest. Uh, we, we like to have fun. Uh, we like to encourage people to have fun and live their lives out loud, uh, love themselves. That's one I think is critical in a time such as this. Love yourself, uh, love people, and begin to lift up people as well as we try to traverse this thing called life. Uh, if, if COVID has taught us anything, it has taught us that we got to live. Okay. That's it. We, we just have to live uh, because we don't know um, how long we're going to be here, but we have to make it count while we are here. So, so we like to have fun, darling. You know, you and I, we like to have fun. Right. Uh, we like to cut up. Uh, we like to encourage each other, make each other laugh, mm -hmm. but also we, we pray for each other. We love each other because we want the best for each other as well. And we hope that coming out of that pandemic, that the love of God becomes a pandemic as well, if, right. if that makes sense. Makes so sense. I, I, I hopefully that helps uh, with, with my small little intro. Um, I've just been living a little over 40 plus years, so I hadn't been here that long. Um, so my life experiences may be short and few in between, uh, but, but I'm going to make them count, if that makes sense. Um, I love God. 
I love people. And I tell the brothers that I that I minister to and the church that I minister to, um, I love you. It ain't nothing you can do about it. So that's that that's me in a nutshell. Thank you very much. I'm I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Well, uh, Reggie, we are excited that you are here because I know that you have a, some richness to share. And even in your introduction, there were some golden nuggets some words of wisdom that were spoken. In August of 1999, you were filled with the Holy Spirit and called into ministry. Explain what that process was like. What sign did you receive from the Almighty? Wow, well, that, that's a great question. Uh, at that particular time, it, it was summertime. Uh, I was home from school. Um, at that particular time, I was attending uh, Livingstone College in Salisbury, North Carolina. Um, that's an HBCU, uh, the Fighting Blue Bears, Go Bears. Um, and so I was home, and and the, the, the pastor at that time, Reverend Terry White, uh, my father in the ministry, was preaching. And, and for some reason, you know, it was hot outside. I'm like, it's extremely hot inside the building. So I got up, turned on the AC, turned it down. I'm like, you know, I'm getting hotter and hotter, right? And I'm like, well, am I getting sick? I don't know what's going on. I went talking to one of the deacons. I said, Deac, I don't know what's going on around here, but I'm hot. It, it, it's getting hot in here. They said, well, he said, well, Reg, I don't think it's the temperature. I think it's the Holy Spirit moving on the inside of you. I said, well, ah, okay. All right. Here you go, that religious mumbo jumbo. Here you go. Okay. All right. Uh, and so at any rate, uh, Pastor White got done preaching, and he came down to me. He said, he said, Reggie, God's going to do something powerful in your life, but you better be ready for it. And I'm like, okay, bro. Okay, I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Uh, and come to find out that was a Sunday. Um, Tuesday night, uh, I was in his office, uh, crying like a baby, laying out prostrated in the floor. Uh, he got down there with me. We started praying, crying together, talking, and, and I think I said, I think God is is calling me to do something powerful in the ministry. I think God is calling me to preach, but I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I like running the streets. I like having fun. Um, I, I like getting into trouble or getting into mischief. If, if I if I have to be a preacher, that means I got to walk the straight and narrow. I, I can't do the stuff that's fun. He said, Reggie, he said, man, listen, he said, that stuff is going to take you to a one-way ticket to hell. Uh, God has given you an opportunity to come on back uh, and to enjoy the fruits of him and life itself. And so since that particular time, uh, he has walked with me. Uh, he, he has held my hand. He has kept me up. Uh, in prayer. Uh, he's inspired me. He's motivated me. Uh, Terry, Terry Lawrence White in Dallas, and likewise, my own pastor now, Kenneth Wayne King, a uh, great man of God. Until uh, this day, tear, tears of joy run down my face. Uh, there are five people in my life that have helped me to hone uh, God's gift that he's given me, uh, those two gentlemen. Uh, Dr. Bernard Branch, he is resting in the Lord, bless his heart. Uh, my uncle, um, Hosea Tyrone Epps, um, he is asleep in the Lord as well. And then lastly, uh, I, I'm not going to embarrass you on your show, uh, Harold Lawrence Wilson Sr., yeah. uh, that's my granddaddy. Uh, we, yeah. we, call, we call him daddy. 
uh, he told me two things before he passed. He said, baby, there are two things you can't control. He said, that's the family you're born into and the family you're born out of. And he said, the family that you have, he said, love the hell out of. And I just did not understand what he meant then. <laughs> but as life keeps going now, <laughs> I understand. I understand. I just love the hell out of Amen. Um, as you were talking, Reggie, I was thinking, you know, how you talk about the Holy Spirit and how the heat, you were getting hotter and hotter. Even though you're, I was thinking about the Apostle Paul when they said he was knocked out and in that yes. experience, hey, the life that he lived, hey, it's like that was your part of it. <laughs> yes. Yes. I won't talk about myself, okay? Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I have not always been where I am now. Okay. (laughs) As a faith leader. Yes. What do you want most people to leave with once they leave your sermon and why? Three things. Uh, God is present. God is ever present. Uh, There is a two things that God gives us every day. That's a change and a chance. Wow. And then lastly, uh, just love. Even when it hurts, just love. Just love. Those three things uh, are keeping me. Uh, they have kept me and my family. Um, and those three things I, I keep near and dear to my heart. And I don't just talk about it. Young folks say, so you got to be about it. Uh, this group I, I, I look at, uh, they're called the Migos, uh, that, the young rap group. Uh, this song, they say, walk it, walk it like you talk it. Uh, I like that song. Uh, it means a lot to me. And I just try to do that, to walk it, walk it like I talk it. So, yeah, th- those are the three things. Wow, I like that. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. Now, you served as a youth president of New Beginnings District of the Southwest District of Kojic. Mm-hmm. Regarding the youth, we often teach things to them. What have they taught you about yourself? Uh, they, they taught me that I'm much more than what tradition says. Wow. Uh, I am a Baptist preacher, uh, but I'm a preacher of the gospel. I'm not held by tradition. I'm not handcuffed uh, by the past and I won't be held up, right? Uh, so they have taught me how to be free in God and how to love myself and love others as well. One thing about it, growing um, is not as bad as people make it out to be, right? Growing, it is difficult. Yeah, it, it, could, it, could, it, could, it could knock you off if you're not careful, but you have to have a great support structure and system around you to place parameters for you to grow. And so if you're Kojic, if you're Church of Christ, if you're atheist, if you're Church of God, if you're Baptist, Episcopalian, or Catholic, I don't care. As long as you love Reggie and as long as you, you're a, pos- a positive person in society, we're all good. We're all good. We are having a great time with you, Reggie. I mean, so much wisdom that you are imparting on today. It's time for a commercial break. The time is getting going by fast because this is so, so good. We will be back, folks, after the commercial break. (laughs) This is really good. 
We are back and we're interviewing Pastor Reginald S. Epps. We shall continue with our questions. And this is my next question for you, Reg. Believers learn to walk by faith and live a victorious life as stated in your bio. Mm -hmm. Why do you think most people in their faith journey lose focus on their faith? Great question. Great question. I'm <clears throat> uh, looking at uh, looking at Mark chapter five. Mark chapter five. Jesus gives us three parables, and in these three particular parables, these parables, he encounters people in their life's journey. If that makes sense, he encounters people going through going through some stuff. Um, those first twenty verses, Jesus encounters his brother that's living amongst the tombs. Uh, and, and I see myself uh, in that brother, take him out. His name wasn't given, just write Reggie in there. Um, I, I see myself because I was living amongst tombs as well. Uh, the Bible records that people came to tie him up in chains and shackles. So they came to tie him up and left him there to die amongst the tombs. And these were Jews and Gentiles as well. Uh, they left him there to die. Uh, there have been certain points in my life where I felt like I was left alone to die, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, and oftentimes you may find yourself by yourself, but you're not really alone, if that makes sense. When you, when you start to do what God has called you to do, hold on, when you just try to do right, how about that, right? Okay. Let's, let's, if, when you just try to do right, you'll discover three things, who God is, who you are, and who, who other people are as well. And you may find yourself living amongst some tombs, in the tomb, in, in the tomb. And I'm not trying to preach to you, I'm just trying to tell you about Reggie. In the tombs, there are dead situations. Mm -hmm. There are dead places, there are dead folk, dead relationships, dead dreams, dead ideas. Everything is dead in the tombs. And the tombs are cold, they're isolated, they got a little dirt on, got a little mold, got a little mildew, got a little, all this dead stuff that people don't like. But, but I like being in places like that because even in dead situations, God still finds a way to spark life. He still finds a way to bring me back. He brought me back. He, he brought, he, Darlene, let me tell you something. When I, when I say I used to run, I used to run hard, right? I tried to be number one in everything that was bad that I was doing, if that makes sense. I'm going to leave it right there. Mm -hmm. But God saw me where I was and allowed me to be in an unclean place. Because in that unclean place, then I saw who God was, and then he cleaned me up. And then I started to do what was right. I started to think what was right. I started to go in the right direction. I started to have right relationships. I started to love God. I started to love myself. I started to do right. I started. Now in all my starts, I failed. <laughs> in all my starts, I, I messed up some stuff. Mm -hmm. In all of my starts, there were some pauses there, but God still hit the record button and watched me roll this thing out and play this, play this thing out. Oftentimes we get distracted and we allow circumstances to call us to go places that we should not go. Mm -hmm. 
We call circumstances to make us quit on ourselves. That's it right there. I'm trying to keep this thing in. We have to be careful as a people not to stop causing catastrophe amongst our own people. Amen. We speak negative. We talk negative. See. We act negative. You know, we men, we walk with our pants down low. Why? Women, they got to show their skin. They got to show they got to show they all this here. You got to you got to flaunt it. Why? We think down. We want to shine. We want to blame, but we don't want to spend time with God. We don't want to talk positive. We don't want to diversify. We don't want to pull our resources together. Right. We don't want to build each other up, but we just want to tear each other down. Mm -hmm. And don't you know that's the plot and the ploy of Satan? Satan wants us to be down. Satan wants us to stay down. Satan wants us to die down. I ain't going to live down. I ain't going to get down. I ain't going to die down. You're going to lay Reggie's shells down, but Reggie's soul is going to go sleep with the Lord. I'm just talking about what I'm talking about. Don't be in the place of tune. I'm sorry, darling. I'm just trying to keep this thing together. Oh, it's wonderful. And in Mark chapter five, Mark chapter five, it says that Jesus came to the other side. And when the time he came to the other side, the brother that was in the tomb came and met him where he was. That's it right there. You'll never be so down that you can't come to the feet of Jesus. Circumstances are going to get you. They're going to weigh you down. But you'll never be too down that God can't come down and just pick you up again. And we are people. We've been down before. Amen. We've been down before. But just like we were down before, God picks us up again and again and again and again. Pick yourself up, brother. You, you, you ain't a thug. Pick yourself up, sister. You're not a whore. Pick yourself up. You're, you don't have to be what the world says you are. You are what God says you are. I'm, I'm, I'm done. Let me, let me just pause there because I'm getting, listen, I feel that heat going on again. We that heat. still, I can tell. That heat. We still, <laughs> we, <laughs> we're good all the time. This is I'm a sorry. much needed. I'm sorry. <laughs> I knew you were going to be hot today. <laughs> I'm sorry, that heat, that heat. <laughs> all right. Mm. In your bio, you wholeheartedly embrace change and challenges. Yes. Of the world with concern and compassion of the Holy Spirit. Yes. What challenges do you feel a lot of your congregation is facing today? Uh, isms. Okay. Isms. Uh, uh, racism. Um, sexism. Um, classism. Mm. A lot of isms. Mm. Uh, again, my, my, my people are divided into two thirds. We have a third there, the seasoned saints, they're locked into what they're locked into, rather right or wrong. They're locked in. Uh, we, we have the babies, the, the infants as well, the young, younger folk. They're, they're very impressionable as well they should be. But my center of concern and that gains and grasps a lot of attention for me right now uh, is the, the 30 to 49, 30 to 49-year-old. You know, we're down here in Florida. You know, this is Trump country. Uh, you know, they, they are, you know, I've seen flags, God, Trump, my family, and then everybody else after that. This, this is where we are down here. And so 
these folk don't know if they want to be from Alabama or from Georgia or from Florida. They 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 kind of lost in the sauce, if you will. But but the congregates here, what we have come to preach and teach and to display is the love of God. And they are going away from, well, I'm just a hell-bent Republican. I'm down with the Democrats. Uh, I'm really an outstanding independent. Um, I bleed red. I bleed blue. I bleed all of this stuff. P politics has become, it was number one in the, in the height of COVID. I think now it's probably number three or number four, uh, but, but it's still there. Now God is number one. Uh, loving themselves is number one. Loving each other is number one. Being a community asset and being a pillar in the community. Uh, two weeks ago, we gave out over 10,000 pounds of food um, in this community here alone. And we have had 40, I think the last two weeks, we were looking at the numbers. There are 42 people who have given their lives over to Jesus Christ just in a two-week period of time. And so what we're doing here, we are we're showing who God is. We're telling them who God is. And we're just trying to flesh this thing out called, called relationship and religion, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. sure. You're currently a grad student. It says at Dallas Baptist University. Mm -hmm. What's your major and how is that going? Well, so uh, I've applied for a PhD program there at DBU at Dallas Baptist. Okay. Um, and so uh, they, they gave me a tentative uh, acceptance uh, mm -hmm. for the PhD program. Um, so we, we're looking at that as well. It's home. Uh, I graduated there with my undergrad degree there. Um, okay. So I have relationships and I have ties there as well. Um, and it's a traditional, again, um, Southern Baptist Association Seminary and School. Um, so I have history there. Um, so we'll see what, what God would have for us to do. But while you and I are both uh, finishing up the Interdenominational Theological Center uh, in Atlanta, Georgia, that sits uh, sandwiched between uh, uh, Morris Brown and Morehouse College, bless your heart. Uh, we are just trying to get out of there uh, with yeah. the sanity that we have left, uh, with the security in God that we, we know we have, and to go out to impress and impact uh, the kingdom of God here here on earth. So we'll, we'll see what God has for us as we uh, proceed uh, with our PhD or EDD program. You also host a weekly men's ministry. I hear you talk about that sometimes with mm -hmm. your home church, Mount Carmel. MBC, mm. Dallas, Texas. What's a common issue that you hear from the men in faith? Yes. Uh, I want to know. Yes, it's 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 like a uh, it's like a uh, a Super Bowl, right? You have one team versus another. We have tradition versus transition. If that makes sense, we have tradition versus transition. Okay. Uh, I, I'm on them all the time. Uh, it's in our name, the Mount Carmel Missionary Baptist Church. And I say, what missions are you doing? That's, I'm, I'm on them, I'm on them, I'm on I'm riding them, I'm riding them. Um, that first, their, their ministry is in their homes. And secondly, their ministry is beyond four walls. Uh, and we have to do a better job, and we are. Uh, not, they're not moving as fast as I would like them to move, but they're still progressing nonetheless. 
And so that's a challenge of traditions, traditionalism versus, versus transition. Uh, there are some brothers that are still held hostage, if you will, by tradition. And we are pressing upon them, seek God, seek God, seek God, and you will, you will bloom, you'll blossom, you'll grow, you'll sprout, you'll thrive. Uh, don't just survive, but thrive. One thing, as I'm listening to you, Reggie, you deal yes. with real life issues. You don't mm -hmm. sugarcoat it. You just speak truth. And when yes. you're speaking the truth, you're speaking it according to Bible principles. And you're being yes. humble, saying, hey, I don't have it all. This is where I've come from. This is what I see. And, I'm, and you're helping other people to overcome. You're helping yes. them if they want that help. It is time for us to go into a commercial break. The time that to me has gone by fast. However, after the break today, we're going to get a little bit more of Pastor Reginald Epps. Uh, we will see you after the break. We are back with our special guest, Pastor Reginald Epps. I want to say Dallas, Texas, even though we know that he now lives in Florida temporarily. Besides ministry, you also serve on a lot of boards. Mm -hmm. What other future ventures do you have in the works? Well, uh, you're right. I think that uh, that that is twofold. One. <clears throat> It has taught me how to manage my time uh, more effectively because uh, mm -hmm. I want to do so much for God. Mm -hmm. I want to do so much for, for our people. Mm -hmm. um, so it has taught me to, to manage my time uh, better, more effectively. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, my wife and I, we were just discussing uh, last night when we were driving back. Um, we, we, have, we have a couple of LLCs uh, and we really want to do a joint venture of a, of a nonprofit. Um, this particular nonprofit would be twofold. One, uh, we want to offer counseling, um, uh, have a counseling center, which is twofold, uh, brick and mortar if we can. Half of it would be uh, we're offering courses and classes uh, for those, i.e., if they're coming out of the prison system, they have to transition back into society. Mm -hmm. uh, likewise, to have segments uh, to where we help families to regroup. We have uh, battered women as well. Uh, to establish their footing um, in society. And also the other part would be we offer counseling in, in avenues such as this of Zoom, uh, Facebook live streaming um, to that effect as well to where we could reach out and establish those network partnerships uh, with the court system, um, which, which is always critical and key. Uh, likewise, pull together uh, resources uh, in the local communities to help the communities that they quote unquote serve. So we just want to help. We just want to help where we can and also give a smile and laughter where we can as well. Because one thing I've come to understand, Darlene, people don't care what you know till they know that you care. That's the truth. That's so true. 
They don't yeah. care what you know until they know that you care. It does yes. make a difference. Um, I want to ask you one other thing. Sure. And in that transition into this, mm -hmm. if you gave one, what you just said, I think was powerful. One last message to the people. Mm -hmm. And in that, as you're ending it, tell us how can people contact you? Okay. Uh, well, well, one last thing uh, that we, we, my wife, my children, my friends, my, my, my inner circle, uh, what we, we don't rinse and repeat, but we repeat and we live out. Again, love God. Know who God is in your life. Love God. Love yourself. And then love people as well. And once you begin to do this thing called love, you'll look at people differently. You'll look at yourself differently. And you'll begin to see the power that God has in you. That that same power that he created the world with is <laughs> the same power that he gave each and every one of us. That power will cause us to orchestrate circumstances that create two things, a choice and a chance. And within a choice and a chance, broken hearts can be healed. Families can be restored, be uh, uh, restored. And your own narrative can be written by the power of God. Because the Bible is just a book, right? The Bible is just a book. The book means nothing if we have no relationship with God. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? The Bible, listen, it's a number one bestseller. That's right. Translated in how many times, how many languages. It's a good book, mm -hmm. but they say it's a good read. <laughs> but the read doesn't matter if we don't have a relationship with God. Yes. And the power that walks right off the page is the power that we have to resurrect circumstances in our lives, resurrect dreams and hopes and goals in our lives by faith. It's impossible to please God by faith, by faith. Um, I can be reached. I think that uh, are twofold, a lot of ways uh, uh, by phone. Those who know me, you'll get my number. I don't want to cast it out this way, uh, but, but, but Emmanuel Baptist Church, IBC Pace, in Florida, I could be reached that way. Uh, Mount Carmel Missionary Baptist Church in Dallas, I could be reached that way as well. Uh, Facebook, you see me there. LinkedIn, I, I really like LinkedIn, believe it or not, but I got to be careful with that. Uh, LinkedIn, um, Facebook, um, by email as well. Uh, Mr. Epps2 at AOL, uh, hit me up. Yes, I still use AOL. Yes, I do, and it works. Uh, but I could be reached in various ways, and but more so reach through you and your show as well. I think that's first and foremost. If folk could just tune in to your show, they'll get me and other people as well uh, with vast more experience than I have uh, that can help them where they are in life and to contact you and, and your fabulous crew that you have doing an awesome job. I really appreciate the fact that you are on the cusp of doing something cataclysmic not just with social media, but what you're doing, it's real, it's rev relevant, and it's honest. And I love you for it. Thank you very much. 
Reggie, thank you so, so much for being here today. You are wonderful, a wonderful brother, and he is as real as it gets, folks. So now, don't go anywhere. Hang in here with me, Brother Reggie. Earlier, right. I had a trivia question. Okay. And I know I normally have the African connection, but I won't show that video on today. And some of you may know the answer. And the question is who was Hattie McDaniel? A, the first African-American to win an Oscar in 1940. B, she played Mammy as the house servant of Scarlett O'Hara in Gone with the Wind. As C, an ad, actress, radio performer, or D, all of the above? The answer is D, all of the above. Now, before we go today, I want to remind, I want to say thank you first for listening to Reggie Epps and my dear brother, my dear friend. And I also want to remind you all to go to our podcast platforms, which are iHeartRadio, Apple, and Spotify. You may watch any of our shows on e-linetv.com. And Remember, I want your story. So continue to send me your, your, your thoughts on the show. Your, you tell me if you want to be on the show. Reggie said, hey, you can contact him through my, through my website, which is yuexpressions.com. Now, you know what I'm getting ready to say. It is time. For you, after all this great word that you heard on today, is to get up, you saw an example. You heard an example today. To get moving, always have vision. And write the vision and make it plain and make it happen. And it's time for you to live. Get up and live. It's time for you to live your life. Thank you, viewers. I will see you on next week.